In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has bought us with a price so that we can know that we're His resurrection people. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it was the year 1525. Martin Luther had been doing this Reformation thing for almost 15 years. And it had been about five years since he had been booted out of the Roman Catholic Church and was told that he was a heretic. He was continuing to write. And as he was continuing to write, he began to write on this topic of free will and what free will meant and what it meant for us to make choices in life. And so as Martin was writing about those things, he was, he was saying certain things that didn't jive with his Roman Catholic friends. In fact, there was a particular guy named Erasmus. And Erasmus always kind of had this sense that Luther was something that needed to happen in the church. He always had this sense that, well, there was some kind of reform that needed to happen. But Erasmus didn't think that Luther's thinking was the right kind of thinking to really spawn this Reformation. And so they began this sort of back-and-forth dialogue about free will. And Erasmus's position was that the human will was free to do good works, that when God made humanity even after the fall that human beings could choose good and evil. In fact, that was the whole idea behind that tree that Eve ate from. And Luther said, oh, I, I don't think that that's actually the way that it turns out in Scripture. In fact, in Scripture it appears that we have wills that are bound. Wills that can make decisions, but those decisions don't necessarily end up being the things that we think that they're going to be. And so because of that, you can't say that every decision that you make is complete, completely free and clear. Because, in fact, when you're making a decision, you don't actually make a decision for something. You simply make a decision against something else. In fact, a lot of you are here in Tallahassee because of a decision that you made, a decision against something, a decision to go to college, but that Decision can also be framed in the sense that you didn't want to stay at home anymore. And maybe you had several different places where you could have gone to college. Maybe you could have gone to college at Miami and you decided that neck tattoos weren't for you. And so you said, I reject that option. Maybe you had the choice to go to Gainesville, and you rejected that option as well. Maybe you had the choice to go someplace else. Maybe it wasn't college for you. Maybe it was a choice for a certain career where you said, this is the career that I want, and by choosing that career, you were rejecting all other careers. And what you thought when you were making that decision was that you knew what it was going to be like. When you ended up at your undergraduate institution or your school or your job or whatever that decision was that you made, you felt like you knew what was going to happen. 
I certainly did. When I showed up in my undergraduate institution, Concordia University, smack dab in the middle of beautiful, flat Nebraska, I thought I knew what I was getting into. I was a city kid all of my life up until then, and I had no idea what it meant to move to Nebraska. I found out that you can make a choice, but making a choice doesn't necessarily mean that you are dictating your own course. There are so many things in the world that begin to affect you in the midst of your choice. And so maybe you feel like you made the right decision when it came to choosing a school. Maybe you feel like you made the right decision when it came to choosing a job. But then a little while later, you started to think about that school or that job and that experience that you were having. And all of a sudden, you began to question that. Am I really in the right place? Am I really doing the right thing? My, do I really have the right major? And you begin to grapple with the way that your choices are bound outside of yourself. In fact, there's an entire book that's probably just about as thick as my Bible that plays with this kind of idea. It's a book by this guy named David Foster Wallace, and he writes this book called The Infinite Jest. Uh, I think partially because it takes an infinite amount of time to read the book. And it has lots and lots of pages, and it has lots and lots of characters, and all of those characters, it, it shows this interesting dichotomy of two different kinds of characters in that book. There are characters in that book that believe that their choices are going to make a difference. They believe that their choices are going to make a difference for themselves and that by making certain decisions that they can have a better life. And there are other characters that just kind of throw that to the wind. And there are characters that just respond to things. And characters that just say, well, this is where I'm at and I have to deal with this. And David Foster Wallace, as he's writing this book, he basically gets you to a point where you begin to see what he's saying is that the people that are making choices for their own life time and time and time again end up in failure. And then it's only the people that don't make choices that are long range and choices that are things that they believe are going to make their lives better. Those are the only characters who ever seem to get even a minuscule amount of happiness. It's a pretty depressing outlook on life, and you can kind of understand why later on in his life then David Foster Wallace took his own life. Because when we start to look at our choices and at the impotence of our choices, the inability of our choices to really make ourselves happy, when we start to look at that, it's, it's pretty depressing. We can get pretty despondent. Because all of us in this room know that no matter the choice that we make, that it can result in disaster. You can make a choice for good things. 
And you can have those things end up being hurtful. And you see people around you that seem like they're making choices for bad things. And it hurts because it looks like they're having a pretty good time of life. And so you go, wow, gosh, is this life really worth much at all? What's the trajectory of my character? Should I just stop making choices? Should I just kind of go with the flow? Should I just kind of say, well, I'm not going to make any choices for good or for bad, or I'm just going to go with whatever is out there for me. I'm just going to go with whatever I feel, because after all, isn't this all meaningless? Aren't all of my choices just ridiculous choices? And I can choose to go down one path or I can go down another path because they all lead to the same kind of awful place. And because of sin, that's a reality. Because we live in a world, in a universe that feels like David Foster Wallace's book title. It feels like an infinite jest that we make all of these choices and that God just kind of laughs at them. But here in 1 John, there's a glimmer of hope. In fact, if you continue to read First John, and you continue to read what John is saying, that glimmer then begins to grow. That glimmer becomes a light of its own. That glimmer becomes a reason to begin to make choices in the world. Not because they're going to lead you to ultimate happiness, but because there is something greater than your own ultimate happiness. John is talking to people that are wondering what kind of people they're becoming. And maybe you kind of wonder that too. Maybe you look at your own personal choices and you wonder what kind of a person you're becoming because of the choices that you've made. Maybe you're beginning to wonder, if, if I just made some better choices, would my life turn out better? Or maybe you've been trying to make better choices and you're either very pleased with the results or you're not pleased at all with the results. Maybe you've chosen to get up earlier in the morning and start to do other things and you're, you feel great about that. Or maybe you get up earlier in the morning and you choose to do different things and you just feel really tired. And you begin to play with this notion of, well, what does it mean that I've made these choices? What kind of a person am I ma- making myself out to be because of these choices? And First John says, here's the good news. Here's the gospel. You're not making yourself into any kind of person. At least in the long range. Because if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, if you believe that He came from 
outside of what we usually consider our universe, our cosmology. If he came from outside of that and came into our universe in order to fix its sinfulness, which means that he came in order to fix that problem, that when we make a choice, it doesn't result in the thing that we want it to be. And he came in order to give us freedom again. By taking away sin, if you believe those things, you know where the end of your character arc is. That it doesn't end in you dying alone and questioning life. But that it ends with you dying and being ushered in to this great party that is full of freedom, that is called the resurrection. This is All Saints Day. What we remember today is that there are generations and generations and generations of people that have gone before us whose character arc has ended. And we look into their character arc, your grandmothers and your aunts and those people that have meant things to you, that have believed in Jesus Christ. And you know their character arc has ended in glory. And that that's your character arc too. No matter what choices you make this week, maybe you make a choice to do something really stupid and it doesn't change your character arc. Maybe you choose to do something really great and it doesn't change your character arc. But maybe it, cho- it changes the character arc for somebody else. And that's why we make choices. And that's why we're concerned with what kind of person we're becoming, not for our own selves, because we know how we end up in the story. But we don't know how they do. And all of those people that have gone before us, our grandmothers and our aunts and our uncles and all of those people that have meant something to us, that we know had faith in Christ. We can look to their lives and we can see how they made decisions in their lives for us. May other people one day look at our lives and see how we made decisions for them. Amen.